Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talks. I'm your host, David Steele, and I'd like to welcome back my co-host, Iloa Orozo. Just a friendly reminder, if you like what you're hearing, you can follow us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Just search Real Talks. That's R-E-E-L Talks, just like my name, S-T-E-E-L-E. Also, you can follow us on social media. I'm on Twitter at WannabeRounder. LinkedIn, and on Instagram at dcadudo. Where can they find you, Iloa? I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram, and in both cases, you can just search under my name, E-L-O-A-O-R-A-Z-E-M. Fairly easy. Just a couple of quick announcements. Our Patreon channel is now live. You can find it by typing Real Talks into the search bar. Let me tell you a little about it. We're offering five different levels to support us at. $5, $10, $20, $30, and $40. If you do choose to support us, you'll have the opportunity to get some great perks, such as your name shouted out before every podcast, cool merch, and if you're one of our major contributors, you'll get a one-hour monthly Zoom meeting with Ilo and myself. For more details, just head on over to the website. I'll leave the link in the description, which leads me to my next big announcement. Flashback Fridays have now begun, and we're a few weeks in. This is where Ann Cargar and myself will be discussing films from the past. The last film we talked about was Thor. And then we're going to be doing every single MCU movie in chronological order. Stay tuned for this week's episode where we'll be talking about Captain America First Avenger. I can't reiterate enough. Hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. So today is our weekly roundup show. For all of our new listeners, this is where we talk about some of the more popular stories of the week. For starters, did Will Smith have visions of losing his career before the Oscars? I'll tell you all about it coming up. Is Spider-Man 4 already in the works for Sony? I'll let you know what the CEO had to say about it. And finally, what is Laura Dern saying about one of the biggest movies of her career? Is she having regrets about doing it? I'll tell you about that coming up. But first, we do have to pay the bills. We'll be right back after this brief timeout. Welcome back. So, our first story is about Will Smith, but it's not about the thing that you'd really think about. So... Will Smith had a hellish vision of losing his money in his career before the Oscars slap. So this comes from Variety. Will Smith told David Letterman on a recent interview episode of the former Late Night's host Netflix series, My Guest Needs No Introduction, that he had a terrifying vision of losing his money in his career before the Oscars slap, sent his professional life spiraling. Netflix noted at the start of the episode between the two men that it was, quote, the episode was recorded prior to their 2022 Academy Awards ceremony, end quote, where Smith slapped presenter Chris Rock on stage after Rock had made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's appearance. During a two-year acting break, Smith vacationed in Peru and went on 14 journeys. The actor, quote, one of the experiences of the individual was the most hellish psychological experience in my life. I'm drinking, sitting there, and then all of a sudden, it's like I started seeing all my money flying away. And my house is flying away. And my career is gone, Smith said, from the vision. And I'm trying to grab for my money and my career. My whole life is destroyed. I'm in there and I want to vomit and all of that. I hear a voice saying, this is what the f*** it is. This is what the f*** it is. And I'm going, oh, shit. Smith then heard his daughter, Willow, calling out to him. Daddy, help me. Daddy, how come you won't help me? And I'm relaxed. And I'm like, I don't see you, baby, Smith said. The shaman is like, relax, relax, relax. And then she tells me to sit up. Then slowly, I, I didn't care about my money, and I just wanted to get to Willow. I stopped caring about my house and my career. 
And at that point, when I settle down and the voice is still at 100%, I still hear Willow screaming. My money is still flying around. I'm going and I'm totally calm, even though there's hell going on in my mind. Smith's vision taught him that, quote, anything can happen in my life. I can handle it. I can handle the person that I lose. I can handle anything that goes wrong in my life. I can handle anything in my marriage. I can handle anything in my life that has to offer me, end quote. In the aftermath of the slap, slapping rock, the Academy suspended the actor from its membership for 10 years. Several projects Smith had in development were dropped or delayed. So I'm sorry I, I actually butchered that word. I, I should have known that. But do you think there's any truth to this? I mean, yeah, we all have dreams and I think we all have some intuitions at some point. You never had that before, like a feeling that you said? Premonition? I don't know if premonition is the word right now because he didn't, I'm not sure if his career is gone. I'm sure his money is not gone. So I don't call it a premonition, but maybe an intuition that something is, is about to come. That's interesting that he kind of actually saw something and... I mean, but, and I guess I would say that this just showed you how attached people can get to certain things, whether it's money or their house or their materialistic things. Well, not only that, I mean, he's saying about his career being gone. I understand. I feel like it's at some point it becomes part of our identity, right? Yeah. So, you know, whenever you someone is describing themselves, maybe they say, well, I'm from this city or that city. So, so you know, I understand. Yeah, I just, it seems like, it almost seems like that this comes out after the fact. And I don't know. I mean, I mean, we had a big talk about this when it actually happened in March. And it was just now that, look, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that if you can become a better person because of what transpires in your life, I think then that's all you can do. Now, I think everybody at the time, the day after it happened, and he put out that, for lack of a better word, bogus statement, I think everybody thought he was full of it. Now, I didn't watch the interview, but this sounds like he was a little more genuine that he could lose everything. So at that point, it's, okay, what is the most precious things to you? Is it your money? Is it your career? Is it your house? Is it your children? Is it your marriage? What is it that you hold absolutely dear? Because that's the true nature of if you unconditional love, right? Yeah. If somebody is dirt poor and if so, let's say somebody is dirt poor, they're ugly as sin, but they're a great person. Are you still going to love them? And I think that's where if he falls from grace here and he did have premonitions or, you know, as he was saying, visions. If he did have visions and he has to lose everything, maybe in five, ten years we see him back. And everybody, I mean, we, we've talked about this again, too. Everybody loves redemption stories, right? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be ten years for sure. No, I, I don't think so either. I mean, look, I, I think, and I've said this to you before, I think that they are going to make a joke about it this year's Oscars because yeah, what happened. I wouldn't even be shocked to see Chris Rock come back and have – because he hasn't, you haven't heard one word from Chris Rock about this. Yeah. Not one word. I'll be honest with you. I think they patched up behind the scenes. I think that it was, a, I think it was a momentary lapse of reason on Smith's part. I don't think he's a bad person, but unfortunately, Hollywood is all about what have you done for me lately, whether it's actor or director or producer or whatever. And it's an action. 
And here it's, what have you done for me lately? And I think the best thing that he can do is just lay low. <laughs> lay low, work on some projects, and then because with the 24-hour news cycle, we're done. We're past this. It's been two months. Nobody's talking about it. They're talking about next year's Oscars. So I think that this is just a little... Let me ask you a question, though. This is the first time he's publicly come out and said anything and had an interview or anything. Are you surprised it was with, with David Letterman and not, like, let's say, Oprah? No, I'm not surprised. I mean, do you think that that would have made him look more sympathetic? No. Okay. Do you? Well, the only reason I say that is there are certain people that if you sit, if a major event happens and you sit down and you talk to them, you're going to get press. You're going to get a lot of eyeballs on the television because you have an exclusive with Will Smith the first time since the Oscar slap. Now, obviously, a lot of people have Netflix, but I think we can all agree, at least I will say this, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but Netflix doesn't know how to market their things. I think that beyond that, though, I mean, everybody, a lot of people knew that David Letterman had their show on Netflix, but I just think that if he wanted more eyeballs on it and he wanted to try and be a little more sympathetic, because I'm sure he, you know, he's come out and said he's sorry about it, I think he would have probably been in, all he had to do is pick up the phone and say, hey, Oprah, I want to sit down for a talk. And you know that ABC or any any studio or any network would have given him given her a half an hour with Will Smith. Yeah, but can, so the um, what is the name of his last movie? King's what? King Richard, where he played Richard William as as the son or or the father of the two. Isn't it? It wasn't an Netflix movie, was it? No, 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 no. This was this is a wide release theatrical release. I know, I know, but I thought I thought Netflix was paying for that. So. No, 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 no. no. But I just think that I don't think he was actually trying to get as many eyeballs on it as possible. As a matter of fact, he might have been like, I want to do this under the radar and see how many people watch it. Yes, but this is the catch. So he had a project, the Fast and Loose, with Netflix. It was put on hold. And it was put on hold. Yeah, so basically it's about that. You know, it's about the relationship he has. He needs to do something for Netflix and he knows it's going to attract audience. So it's not a, only about being sympathetic, it's also playing your cards right. Okay, true. So let me ask you this question. Who do you think reached out to who first? Do you think Will Smith reached out to David Letterman? Or do you think Letterman actually said, hey, I think I come just, on, I got a show. I think it's so much more than that. There's PRs involved and agents and... So many things. It's not just two buddies saying, hey, I want to talk. And yeah, But at the same time, somebody had to contact somebody, right? Or maybe it's agent. Maybe it's Netflix thinking, how can we mend the situation for a bit? We need to have, you know, Will Smith in a better positive lighting. And we also have this show right here. Maybe it's more executive decision than a human one. We'll never know for sure. No, yeah, you're right. There's so many different variables that, it is what it is. And once again, I think people with the 24-hour news cycle, I mean, yes, you can sit down and watch it anytime you want. It's streaming. But I don't think people, it's going to be it's tomorrow's news. <laughs> so moving on from one thing that's already happened to another thing that's going to be happening. So Spider-Man No Way Home just came out a mere six months ago and grossed almost a billion and a half dollars. And Sony has already taken their IP back. And so has work already begun on Spider-Man 4? This is what the chairman had to say. So, so this comes from MovieWeb. 
Sony chairman Tom Rothman has provided a promising update on the development of a Spider-Man No Way Home follow-up. Speaking with Deadline about the future of the studio and their upcoming slate, Rothman stated that they, quote, hope to get working on the next Spider-Man movie, end quote, soon. And the plan is for the likes of Tom Holland, Zendaya, and John Watts to come back for more adventures with our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man web slinger. And I'm going to get back to that in a minute because I think that's extremely important. This is coming from Rothman himself. Uncharted Jumanji's Spider-Man. We've had our Marvel business, which breaks into three trenches. There are the Spider-Man movies, and we're currently at work on the two Spider-Man Spider-Verse sequels, one coming out this year and one coming out next year, to our Oscar-winning animated movie with Lord Miller, and we're hoping to get work on the next Spider-Man movie, end quote. Considering the monumental success of Spider-Man No Way Home, which has now grossed $1.8 billion worldwide, <laughs> it should come as little surprise that Sony is planning a little further outing for the character. But it is nonetheless pleasing to hear that they get to hope they hope to get moving on the project sooner rather than later. As for the return of John Watts, Tom Holland, and Zendaya and the rest of the Spider-Man gang, Rothman had this to say regarding the plans for Spider-Man 4 and the rest of the Sony Marvel Universe. Quote, that whole group, we hope, then there are these movies I would call a junk to the Spider-Man universe. That's Craven, which is supposed to release next year, which we're shooting now, and Madam Web, which will start shooting in the spring with S.J. Clark directing. And then there are many Marvel characters that are standalone. When I took over Sony, it was said, oh, Sony has no IP. That's not true. We actually have fantastic IP. We just need to focus on it. So with, end quote. So with Rossman hoping to get both Tom Holland and Zendaya back for Spider-Man 4, and now considering how Spider-Man No Way Home wrapped up, we can safely assume the memory-wiping conclusion, spoiler alert, won't last too long. Released at the end of last year, Spider-Man No Way Home has been a huge financial and critical success and finds Tom Holland's Peter Parker struggling to live with his identity that's exposed. So it goes on and gives a synopsis of the film. So I guess my question to you is, is it too soon to get going on this? I mean, it's only six months later. Yeah, I don't think it's too soon. So. I think so. Do you think it's too soon? I feel like everything's like an expediting war, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm just a little shocked that Sony's... I mean, it's still fresh and... Yeah, but that's the thing. Whenever, whenever they have those huge box office, and it's, you know, like, why not? Just one after the other, I guess. And plus, they started working. Doesn't mean that it's going to come out, you know. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. They, they have to sign them and everything else. Here's what I wanted to come back to. And this was extremely, extremely interesting. So if Sony's going to go get John Watts... Now, I read just last week, I think, John Watts had left... The Fantastic Four, which was another Marvel IP, in order to go take, quote, take a break. So the fact is, and even the, the statement put out by Louis Esposito and Kevin Feige said, we wish he had continued with us, but we hope to work with him in the future. Now he's turning around and he's going to Sony? After this whole Star Wars, he's, you know, had a Star Wars thing? Let me ask you a question. Do you think there was Fallout there? It looks like so, but we don't know. Maybe it's just about money situation. Well, he can go do whatever he wants. Do you think something? I mean, that's the way I look at it, is the fact that he directed three movies. So even if that's true, why would you then go turn around and do it with Sony? If you say you want to take a break, that to me says something happened. 
at Marvel. Maybe I'm reading into this wrong, but why would the same guy go do this on the same IP in a different studio? It's all going to be hearsay, whatever is speculated. But it's like, it definitely sounds like there was maybe a fall off somewhere, maybe a higher offer, maybe a promise that if you do this, I'll make this and that happen. You know, people have dreams. And sometimes they're like, okay, I want to take a break because I really want to do this movie. And there's those negotiations. Okay, if you do this movie that I really want, I will allow you to do that one that you want. Well, and that's the thing, that he stepped away from Fantastic Four and he got a Star Wars he got, a, he got a Star Wars game, so he's moving up, okay? Now, he's going to go back and do the Spider-Man thing? I don't know if it's going back. If it was, you know, the box office. Well, I mean going back to that IP, not going backwards in his career. Yeah, for sure. I just think that there's more to this story than we're being... We'll ever know. Yeah, and then we'll ever know. No, yeah. I, I just happens, right? That's not really uncommon. No, and, and the thing is, he can make he can do whatever he wants. The man at this point, he's made $3 billion movies. He can do whatever he wants. He's one of the biggest and brightest out there right now. So, but I will say one thing. The only way this works, the only way this Spider-Man 4 works is if they bring everybody back. They have to bring everybody back. Because here's the thing. If they don't, it's all over. It's all over. I don't think it's over, but yeah. Well, I do. Because here's the thing. You've now created this monster, for lack of a better word, with this Spider-Man, with Tom Holland and Zendaya. And by the way, let's not say something. Let's say something else. They're probably a package deal at this point, right? I mean, they are dating. So if, and they've had, they know the success. I mean, they're not going to say it, but their people have told them. And I wouldn't be shocked if they say, look, if we don't get one, we're not going to have the other one come along. So they're a package deal. But I always go back to this. It's all about story, right? How are they going to go with the story after this? So we'll see. That's going to be an interesting development. And you're right about one thing. So even if they're talking about it right now, you're probably not even talking about this film getting released until of course. 2026, 2027. It's going to take a while, for sure. They just started you know, talking about it and working a little bit about it. And everybody... Everybody wants to see Venom. Everybody. If they're smart, and I know this would kind of jump the gun, Insomniac Games has a new video game of Spider-Man 2 coming out. I want to say it's 2024, 2025. If they're smart, what they'll do is coincide that. That would be smart of them. I wouldn't be shocked, and I'll say it right now. I'll be the first one to say it. I wouldn't be shocked to see it. Mark my words, within the next 90 days, I wouldn't be shocked to see Insomniac Games, the game studio, come out and say, we're going to push this back another year. Because I think if they're smart, they're going to put it right alongside with the movie. And it's, I mean, look, it's almost a $2 billion movie without it. But if it actually went along with the game, God, be huge. So this is the topic that I really wanted to get your input about. And we teased this on Tuesday. And this is going to be something. So, Laura Dern, of course, and Sam Neill, who are going to be in the new Jurassic World movie, Dominion. June 10th it opens. So she came out and she said this a couple days ago. So Laura Dern questions whether Jurassic Park age gap romance was, quote, completely appropriate. So this comes from IndieWire. 
Laura Dern was only 26 years old when Jurassic Park hit the air in 1993. God, I feel old. <laughs> she was 23 when the movie began shooting. Her character, Dr. Ellie Sadler, falls in love with a much older scientist, Dr. Alan Grant, played by Sam Neill. Neill was 43 at the time of the shooting. Neither actor was particularly concerned about the 20-year age gap between the characters. But nearly three decades later, as the stars geared up to reprise their iconic roles in Colin Trevorrow's Jurassic World Dominion, they begin to see the romance in a different light. The world has changed a lot since 1993, and what has seemed normal now seems strange to them. In a new interview with the Sunday Times, Dern and Neil reflect on the original on-screen romance and questioned if it was the right choice. I'm 20 years older than Laura, which at the time was a completely age-appropriate difference for a leading man and lady, Neil said, before recalling the moment he realized that it may not have been normal. It never occurred to me until I opened a magazine and there was an article called Old Geezers and Gals, people like Harrison Ford and Sean Connery acting with much younger people. And I was on this list, and I thought, come on, it can't be true. Dern echoed the same sentiments that cast, that being cast in Neil's love interest felt completely normal at the time, and she did not question it until decades later. Well, it felt appropriate to fall in love with Sam Neil, Dern said, and it was only now when we returned in a moment of cultural awareness about the patriarchy that I was like, wow, we're not the same age? Despite whatever misgivings they have about the original romantic storyline, Dern and Neil signed on to return for the latest sequel, which sees them reteam with Jeff Goldblum's Dr. Ian Malcolm. Many fans are eager to see the original leads returning, and the actors are quickly to point out that they're not the dinosaurs of the film's real stars. These films have always been about people. The dinosaurs are bigger than us, and they're just a bit bloody bit players. Thank you. So, first of all, by the way, you said you never really got into dinosaurs or you found it strange that is that because we never had them in our world or i mean because you asked me, actually the question is do you like dinosaurs and say i don't yeah. know yeah i've never met one i've never interacted with one so i like the idea of a dinosaur and what we know about it of course is fascinating but to say that i like them i don't know i have no idea you know i like dogs and horses makes sense right it's just another animal it's just larger okay exactly. We don't even have hair, for instance, you know? Yeah. So, I guess the question is, what did you think? I mean... I like that we're changing... Does she have a point, number one? Of course she has and, a Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And number two, if they weren't coming back, let's say it was only one of them, would we be talking about this today? I mean, I feel like now it's a time where we're questioning more things. Like like she says in the interview, she's like, well, at the time it felt appropriate. But now, you know, now we've, I've been questioning it and we have all been doing this. So I feel like I like the fact that we're discussing this now. And, you know, I've said so much in the last podcast about how I am kind of shocked by how men are allowed to grow old and they never lose their, you know, their heartthrob title. But women, you know, if you're past 30 or something, then the, the characters that are offered you are so different, right? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it is interesting, to say the least, because, I mean, look, times change, right? At the time, back in 1993, nobody thought about this. This is, this movie was a technological genius. I mean, it... The fact that you were, I think this kind of movie and something like Transformers, because you were actually able to see these things on screen, moving, interacting with people. And you go, 
whoa. But I think that it's just more, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to say the least. I like that you question at least and point it out and discuss. This makes me hopeful towards the future because, yeah, it's not okay. 19-year-old dating like 46-year-old guys. I... Well, it was, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So let me ask you a question then. Because of this article that with the two came out and said, do you think studios are now going to rethink casting? Yeah, I think they are already doing it. Yeah, for sure. I do. I feel like people are more invested in diversity, for instance. It's slow, the process, of course, but they're more invested in, yeah, in more appropriate age gap. And even they're changing now, like, you know, East of whatever, what is the name of that TV show that has Kate Winslet on it, that she's the cop? Main of main, you know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh, yeah, I know. I do know what you're talking about. Can't yeah. So anyway, she's presented like she is, you know, no makeup or anything. So things are changing for sure. No, absolutely. Well, I mean, it depends on the role, too. I mean, if, look, take something, somebody like Lady Gaga, for example. Now, when A Star is Born, she didn't wear makeup. She didn't wear makeup at all because of her natural beauty and, and that's what Bradley wanted. He didn't want her having makeup and being all dolled out. He wanted so I think it's gonna depend on the on the role. Have you noticed for instance, David, and you can see that on Wonder Woman, right? So if you watch any hero movie, usually they get beat up, right? The women that play the heroes, they get beat up, but maybe they have a little cut here. They never have the puffy eyes or the screws. Like it's so interesting to me to see like it's totally okay for a guy in a combat to be completely effed up, but a woman, even in the same war, she goes maybe some scratches around her body and just a little something. They still have the perfect lashes and all the hairs. Like at some point, you start questioning, like, what this is about then? You know? No, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I think that female characterization in film is we've had problems for decades, decades. And I think Marvel is, and I talked about this in a couple of different podcasts, Marvel is the worst. Marvel is the absolute worst of, you know, being, taking their characters or their female characters at least and putting a different light on them. I, I mean, there's no other, because even though you have like a Black Widow or a Captain Marvel or whatever, solo movies, look how long it took for Black Widow to come out. 12 years. Well, yeah, there's some men that refuse to watch, you know, movies that are portrayed by women. So, I mean, it just didn't, it didn't make sense. All that being said, getting back to the article, I think that there's a lot of factors. Number one, what is the vision of the director? I think that's important. I mean, I don't think that he's looking to cast a 15 or 20 year difference. Okay. Number two, how is it going to be received, especially in today's time? I don't think you can get away with what they did back in 1993. There's no way. I think they would be called out. Absolutely. That's, yeah, that's what we're talking about, yeah. I mean, but it depends on the movie. It depends on the story. It depends on a lot of facts. It depends on the casting director. I, don't, I think the casting director has so little to do with that, honestly. I mean, for a certain part, yes. But... This, this is why they do screen tests, though. Yeah, I know, but I I mean, if they go in and, you know, they spend more money in pre-production for for costume fittings and, you know, screen tests because they want to see what they're actually going to be like. And this is why they do table reads, you know? So they want to see what the characters are actually going to be like. 
So when they actually get that out there on set, they know exactly what they're getting themselves into. So we'll see. If, if this starts a trend, that would be fascinating to see. Okay. I so, think it's going to be a trend, and it's going to be fascinating to see it for sure. Well, I think it's going to be baby steps. Yeah. Okay. I think what you're going to say, I don't think you're going to, this is not, the pendulum's not going to swing to the other side overnight. Not overnight. I think you're going to have one studio to do it, and then maybe another studio to do it. But it, they're not all going to do it at once. Because they want to see, well, if this studio is doing it, and it worked, well, it's all about that. Let's copy what they did and have that success. So, all right. A couple things I wanted to say real quick. Unfortunately, we lost one of the great actors of our generation, and Ray Liotta today. Died in his sleep at 67 years old. You know, a couple of, a few great movies he did was, he was in Field of Dreams, playing as uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson, but... The big one that everybody remembers him from, yours truly, is Goodfellas. And so Henry Hill. And that was based on a true story. So that was a tragedy to see. I mean, he he did. A, he was working for a long, long time. I mean, Goodfellas is what he's known for. But he did movies like Cannibal. And he, he did a lot of TV. But he TV commercials. So he was always working. Matter of fact, he was filming his latest movie when he passed. So that was a tragedy to see. But... On a lighter note, tomorrow I'm going to make sure to go see Top Gun Maverick. So I'm going to record, go see it, come back, and I'm going to record a spoiler cast. So put it out on Friday. So I want everybody to go see it first because I'm going to spill the beans about everything about this movie. It's projected right now to make about $100 million, which I think it's going to do in its sleep. Be curious to see how much what the numbers are tonight for it. If it makes fifteen or twenty million dollars, that's probably a good sign. All of the reviews have been positive. I mean, I think there are a couple reviews that saying it's maybe a little long, but anyways. So the other big thing is Obi Wan opens tomorrow on Disney Plus. This is going to be the continuation of the story that Ewan McGregor is coming back playing Obi Wan Kenobi. Timeline is supposed to be. About 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, Episode 3. So I'm going to sit down and watch that tonight. And then Episodes 1 and 2 come out tomorrow. I will do a spoiler cast on each one of those episodes and the next four. So I will let everybody know that that will be the beginning of Sci-Fi Sunday. And it is going to be a subscription service. It is going to be $6.99 a month. But don't worry, you're going to get more than Obi-Wan. You're going to get all of these Star Trek movies when... Jeff Aiken and myself, you're going to be getting all of the Star Wars movies, including Episode 3, and then we're going to be doing a lot of sci-fi movies, Aliens, 2001 The Space Odyssey, a lot of other stuff there. So, And then, after that, we have June coming up. So what is coming out? Jurassic World. And we were just talking about Jurassic World, Dominion, June 10th, June 8th, I think. June 8th or June 10th. So that's going to be a huge movie. It's going to be the first time we've had two or three blockbusters in theaters in about three or four years. I'm thinking this is probably going to make about... If Doctor Strange made 187, I'm thinking this might make 200 easily in its sleep. So that's going to be big. That week after that, June is a huge month. So the week after that, we got Lightyear. Chris Evans starring as Buzz Lightyear in his own standalone movie. And then the week after that, a movie I'm really interested in seeing is Elvis. So 
Call me strange, but I think that's going to be a really good movie. Of course, Tom Hanks is in that. So, and then in July, we've got, I'm going to be doing a spoiler cast all about the new Thor Love and Thunder. They just came out with a second trailer the other day. And then we got a bunch of other stuff going on in uh, the rest of July and in August. So I got a couple of big interviews coming up, hopefully. And yeah, don't forget tomorrow, Flashback Friday. Then we're going to be talking about Captain America, First Avenger. And then the week after that, we will close out phase one with the Avengers. First movie to make $200 million in its opening weekend. So a lot of stuff. Okay, so I should say, since we do have so much stuff, hit that follow button. Because even if you don't want to sign up for Sci-Fi Sundays, you got the weekly roundup here. You got Flashback Fridays, which is going to be going on till almost the end of the year. And you get the main topic podcast. So you can't go wrong. All right. So that's that's everything. So for David Steele. Hello. Then you have been listening to Real Talk.